Good afternoon. Uh, I'm John Duffy. I'm the host of uh, Live Courageously podcast show. And this is a, a special and an unusual show and a show that I wish that I wasn't doing. And I wish um, the woman uh, who I'm about to introduce, Joe Collins, wasn't my guest today because it's something that is something that uh, you never want to happen in your life. And Joe is going to share a story of her daughter, Bethany uh, Collins Buckles, who has been missing since November of 2021. And um, Joe, uh, welcome to the show. Um, I, you know, I, I'm all, you know, I'm never at a, a loss of words, but I'm kind of stumbling on my words because I, this is such a, for you, it's got to be a horrible situation. Why don't you share with the audience what happened and, and, and your story, and then we'll go a little bit further uh, about your daughter and, and how you discovered that she was missing. Okay. Um, like, I guess, many other people that this sort of thing happens to, you don't ever think that it's really going to happen to you. You can't imagine it happening, that you have a child go missing. And whether they're four or 40, it's still your child. Um in November of 2021, my daughter and I were making long distance arrangements uh, for Thanksgiving because I lived in Atlanta and she lived in Asheville. And it was easier for me to order the food in Asheville than to all pack it up from Atlanta and drive it up there. And um, so I talked to her about 9.30 on Thursday night. She was supposed to call me back the next day to make arrangements for the time she was going to pick up the food order while I was driving to Asheville. And I could not reach her the next day, and she never called me back. Now, we texted most of the time, texted or called every single day. So when I hadn't heard from her in 24 hours, I knew something was wrong. On Friday, I asked the police to do a wellness check at her place, and they saw no sign of her or her car. And on Saturday, I filed a missing persons report with the Asheville police and um, drove up to Asheville and had to hire a blacksmith. I mean, not a blacksmith, a locksmith mm -hmm. to get into her condo um, and saw that her little dog was still there, which meant the dog had been there. Thursday, Friday, and then all of Saturday by himself. And I knew then that something terrible had happened because she would have never left that little dog there unattended for three days. Never. And he was just frantic for somebody to um, get in there. And I knew that, that something was not right at, at all. Um, the Asheville police... Um, did uh, the detectives, the major case detectives did um, a search of her condo with a search warrant in January, and they located her car in February. From the time that I talked to her on that Thursday night, um, there's been no use of her bank cards, her social media, her cell phone, nothing. Now, of course, the police did a dump on her cell phone and they got all that information and they know that the last ping on her phone was on the um, 19th um, in the area of uh, 
far end, the far north end of Warren Wilson Road in Swannanoa, North Carolina, which is <clears throat> a kind of suburb of, of Asheville. And her car was found about 10 miles from that last ping in a grocery store parking lot. Um, they, you know, they did, the, the car is still in the forensic garage, but, and they did a thorough search of it and did turn up some additional leads through DNA and so forth. But that was all very, very slow because it all had to be sent to the state crime lab, which was, you know, backed up on all of their business. And state crime lab would only let them send like five items at a time. So it took quite a while to get all of the car processed. And the, the police were very good about staying in touch with me, very good. And um, I know that they have interviewed lots and lots of people and have what I think they call on TV two murder books of all the evidence that they have collected and have interviewed the detective estimated maybe well over 50 people, probably more like 75 people that they have interviewed. And they have all acknowledged knowing Beth, but all claim to know nothing about what happened to her. And this is the puzzling thing to me because she, she had people up there who knew her and they weren't willing to come forth and say anything. Well, in the meantime, I'd been driving back and forth from Atlanta to Asheville all this time and decided, well, I'm just gonna have to move up there and see if I can get on top of this and do something myself. So I moved to Asheville and I, I'd lived in Georgia all my life. I'd lived in Atlanta all my life. And uh, this was a big move, but um, my daughter needs to come home and she needs to come home to her family. Her father died when she was 11. And I know that what she would want would be for her, her to be restored to her family and, and to be her bones to be buried where her dad is. And um, well, I, I can hear obviously the, I guess, resignation as to what possibly has happened to her in your, in your voice and in what you're saying. Uh, uh, Bethany or, or Beth, as you, you called her, uh, uh, was 47 years old at the time in November, right? And she was uh, five foot six inches and had blonde hair. And, you know, we're going to put up a, a missing poster at the end of the show. But, um, you know, for you, you, you know, you were planning Thanksgiving and of all things, you know, that connection is somebody who you love deeply. And, and yet people knew her in this town in Asheville, from what I've researched, is a small town. It's, you know, not tiny. It's 90,000 people. Um, you know, it has some. Uh, crime maybe uh, uh, more than some big cities and then less than other big cities, more than, you know, as far as statistic wise, a little bit more than New York. Um, so it does have its issues with crime and potentially people who uh, commit criminal activities. So, you know, as to what happened, you know, like you said, the police department has done a fairly thorough job of uh, doing the detective department of Asheville and they've done a, a pretty thorough job. But it isn't easy when if and we don't know what happened or if it happened, but for crimes committed, it's hard to get people to talk, especially people who may be somehow 
you know, either involved with it, that, that or on the periphery of it. You know, people tend to not like to talk to police, people who are in that kind of environment. So it's, it's a tough job to find out. And, you, you know, you can't. So you you stepped up and you moved to uh, Asheville to, to search for your daughter because of your love of her. And, and, and you also uh, hired p- uh, private investigators and you've done whatever you can. Um, tell us a, a little bit about that, if you can. And, and you know, once again, it, how do you go further? Well, as time has gone by, um, some of the people that the police originally talked to have disappeared. Mm. <clears throat> uh, some of them had disappeared rather suddenly from the Asheville area after Beth did. And I think probably those people are the ones who might have been frightened by what they saw, but they know something. And I really wish that they would step forward. I would be so glad to know just anything about where to look for her. Um, Even if I never find out what happened to her, I certainly want to get her back and to not worry about, I mean, it's a strange thing when you, when you lose somebody like that, even though, you know, they may be in a snowdrift somewhere uh, you start thinking about, well, how do I get a blanket to this person? Even when you know that person might very, you know, it is, you don't need a blanket when you're deceased, but um, you need to know what, where they are so that you can have that question mark, this enormous question mark that you have to live with um, removed from it. So um, the private detective and so forth, they really didn't, turn up anything new Mm. that the, that the police had not turned up. And some of it may be because they were unable to interview some of the people who had disappeared or moved out of the area or made themselves scarce. Well, one of the reasons we're doing this and one of the reasons that uh, we're having this conversation was to potentially take this and to see if we can share it in uh, Asheville and share it in North Carolina on whether podcasts or media or in whatever fashion or form to see if it could reach somebody. And, you know, cause you clearly haven't given up hope and you haven't given up the desire to find out what happened to it, to have a return to your family, as you say. Um, and, you know, living with that, not knowing, you know, it, it's bad enough, you know, losing your daughter in whatever way, or where she is or, or whatever happened, but not knowing, you know, is something that, you know, is just kind of eats at you and, and, you know, you, you're, you're not giving up. And that's why we're doing this today is to see it's just one more thing. Maybe it's a drop a pebble into the water and maybe somebody will hear it. Maybe there's a voice out there. Maybe there's somebody who can call the uh, police anonymously. It doesn't have to be somebody who's willing to step up and tell the story or risk uh, whatever may be involved that they were involved in but somebody who can call anonymously and report that, yes, they, they saw this, they saw that, or something that could you know, give the police another lead to go a little bit further with this investigation that they've spent a lot of time on. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, we're going to you know, put up the poster uh, and, and go a little further, but you know, what, what would help at this point? You know, what can people do? And I mean, uh, I, I'm just kind of struggling to try and find a way to say, what can we do to help? Because obviously you deserve to get your daughter back. 
Um, the Asheville police have an app, and um, the app has a, a menu item for anonymous tips. So that can be done completely without a phone call. You can just go online and use um, the Asheville app to do anonymous tips. So that's um, an easy thing to do. Uh, another thing that might be mentioned about this is that uh, Beth was a person who had some mental health problems. And um, whatever it was that happened uh, could have been because somebody took advantage of her. It could have been because um, she wasn't using good judgment. Um, I mean, there could have been a lot of reasons for something to happen to her that maybe were not at the hand of another person. So if somebody happened to be with her and they know what happened, but they were also witnessing somebody who was having a mental health crisis, then um, they shouldn't be afraid to step forward and say, well, you know, I, I knew she was um, in this kind of situation, but I didn't know how to help her. And right. They could still step forward and, and, and tell us what happened without having to explain necessarily what else was going on. And, and once again, what you just uh, suggested is that there's a way to do that anonymously to the police department. So if that was the case and that somebody was in that situation with her and obviously doesn't want to get implicated in whatever was going on at that time, there's still a way to do the right thing and, and not be uh, take a risk themselves just by stepping up and reporting anonymously so that that way they can go further to at least find out what happened and, and return it oh, to you. So, you know, um, I, there's no, you know, that's how you can step up if you were anywhere involved or you, or you heard the story secondhand from somebody who was there or thirdhand from somebody who was there who told you that this is what happened and you weren't there, but you heard it from them or you heard it from somebody who was a friend of theirs. You, they, you can still call anonymously and, and share what you know to the best of your knowledge because it'll be information that might lead to a resolution that would help uh, bring some peace to you, Joe. So I, I think that's something that you know people can do. Um, no one's saying step up and put yourself at risk because people won't do that. Um, but there's a way to, to do it the other way. Um, yes, and even second or third hand, even if they're not sure that they are, know what they know, um, you just need something to go on, something to go on. It might be the most insignificant detail that you know, but it might be something that would be very important in connecting to another detail to move us in the direction of at least finding her and, and bringing her home. Um, you know, lots of people ask me, you know, friends and former colleagues from uh, my work days and family back in Georgia, and um, it's difficult to talk about it sometimes, but I'd rather talk about it than not talk about it. Mm. And I would like to be able to tell people, well, yeah, we're at least we're going to be able to bring Beth home. At least we'll be able to bring Beth back to Georgia and, and put her, there really is a family plot back in Georgia and at least return her um, 
put her to rest with the other folks in the family plot. Um, it's, it would be such a comfort to the family. And somebody out there knows something. You may not even know that you know the, what you know. But if you can just share whatever little detail you have about where you might have seen her, who you might have seen her with, and it might not even have been that the people she was with caused anything to happen, but by knowing where there's some living people who knew where she was, maybe those living people can at least tell us where she went from that point. Um, because we've got a lot of information, but none of it is connecting together. And for the family, certainly the most important thing is to find her. Well, you're somebody who, and I know this from, you know, the connection that, that, that had me bring you on the show, that you're somebody who has served as a teacher for most of your life. So, you, you know, you're, you, you've been an educator, you've been somebody who cared for people and then, of course, cared and loved your own daughter. And so, you know, you've lived a life of helping others. And so, you know, to be that person who's done that and, and lived a whole life of service in the way you have. And then to, you know, like you just said, to be courageous enough to, you know, it's hard to talk about it, but it's hard not to talk about it. And, you know, you feel that it's better to keep uh, talking about it, to try to find this a little bit of hope, a glimmer of hope, somebody somewhere that might be able to, um, uh, you know, turn this around and, and, and give you that peace that uh, you more than uh, deserve. I'm going to put up the the missing uh, person poster of your your daughter for a second. I'll put it up at the end as well, but I just want to put it up now if you don't mind. And this is uh, the thing. This is the number for the Asheville. Uh, so this is Bethany Collins Buckles, and that's a picture of her. And like I said, she's 47 years old at the time, five foot six, blonde hair. And um, the phone number for the police department is 828-252-1110. And then, of course, as uh, Joe just explained to us, there's also an app that you can uh, use that will make it an anonymous um, ability to reach the department and make an anonymous uh, tip to the police hotline so that they can go further, the detectives can go further with this. Um, um, you know, I don't know if there's other ways that people can help if the students out there in Asheville, whether they're journalist students or there's people I know in, in Asheville that have podcast shows that deal with missing people, you know, and it isn't like a lot of missing people in the town of Asheville or, the, uh, or murders that we know of, but there's enough. And so, you know, if there is other podcast shows on, maybe um, in, in, in Asheville and in North Carolina, they potentially can bring you on the show as well. Because the more people that potentially hear it, you know, all you're looking for is one person that may have that that little bit of information that's going to take the police detectives the ability to come to a resolution for you and, and, and go a little bit further with you. So that's the only other thing that I can hope and, and pray that somehow this finds that one person. That, that, that can help you because you, you're not giving up and, and your love of your daughter, you know, comes across and you and you, you're just asking people, one person to step up and, and do the right thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to give up. I, I will not give up. So if somebody is out there thinking that it'll just go away, it's it's not. I will stay as long as I can to stir the pot. Of course, I'm 75. And I don't want to leave this earth not knowing where my daughter is. 
So I feel some urgency behind it because, you know, I have no idea how many, how much time I have left on the earth, but I'm going to spend it looking for my daughter. So I won't give up. No. Well, you know, I, 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 I commend you for that, that love of your daughter, that courage that you have, that, that willingness to not give up because, um, you just got to keep trying. You got to have that hope. You got to have that, uh, that, that you just, you know, you deserve a resolution um, and you deserve somehow to get this uh, somebody to step up. So I hope that, you know, this makes a little bit of a, 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 a drop in the, you know, a pebble in the water that maybe will reach somebody. Um, you know, I hope and I pray that you get that resolution. Cause I know when I was asked to bring you on the show, uh, I never expected to have this kind of conversation with anybody in my life, nor did I want to have this conversation with anybody. But, you know, what I heard about you and your your passion um, and your desire to find this resolution, I felt like I had to do it and I had to bring you on and say, I don't know, you know, it's, it's in God's hands and hopefully, uh, you know, this will contribute to um, somehow that coming to uh, fruition for you, uh, Joe. Once again, uh, anything else you would like to say and, and tell people as we as we kind of finish it up and a call to action? Um, and then I'll just close out at the end. Well, I hope everyone will consider, continue to consider how much we need better mental health availability, treatment available for everybody who needs it in the United States. Um, my daughter struggled a long time, a long time with her mental health. And it's very painful to watch. Very painful. That's her little dog you hear making noise over here. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but he had to have a home after she disappeared. And so well, he, he also has a voice. And he, I think yes. he's, he's, he's sharing that voice. Um, but I thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. And, and on that note about mental health, there, there is, there's organizations. I did an interview with an organization called Give an Hour, which is to provide mental health to people and ask people to volunteer to give an hour to people with mental health. And, you know, that's the thing to realize people who have mental health issues like your daughter are deserving of uh, love, compassion, support and help. And, you know, obviously you gave it through her uh, uh, to her through her life. But, you know, we all can do more and contribute more. But, you know, right now, I think more importantly is if somebody, anybody can, can potentially just hear this and, and share it. And that's the other thing. If you, you see this, share it, share it, share it, share it, especially in North Carolina and maybe uh, even outside of North Carolina, because like you said, the person might have left North Carolina. So even outside of uh, uh, the borders of North Carolina, and if somebody would just make that call, be that anonymous tipster and potentially um, do the right thing. Maybe even for the first time in their life, it would be greatly appreciated. Yes, it would. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, Joe. All I can say is I, 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 I you know, uh, um, may God bless you and, and keep you strong as you continue to fight and you continue to spread the word. And uh, if, you know, I, I will share this and I hope that we can find a way to, to reach out and find a way to get a conclusion for you. Thank you very much, John. You're welcome. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye.